It's our privilege to make these messages available to you. We pray that the Word of God will richly bless you. So let's get right into the Word with Pastor Rusty Martin. The realm of the factual uh, or the realm of the truth. Everybody say the truth. Uh, Now, you know, it's... I don't know where people got in the ditch on this subject, but faith is not the ability to deny there's a problem. Amen. A lot of people, that's, they just go right into that mode. As soon as you know they get a little teaching on faith and they start, well, you know, I, I'm not sick or I'm not broke or I'm not this and that. When, when the fact is, you really are. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, the doctors are telling, everybody's telling you, you know, you look sick, you act sick, you are sick. Amen. But see, God gave us something greater than the factual realm, and that is the realm of the truth. That which the truth encompasses, that which the truth is. And you make a decision in life, in whichever arena you're going to live in, whether you're going to live in the realm of the facts, or whether you're going to live in the truth. Now, the most miserable life on the planet is the continual procession from the truth to the facts, and the facts to the truth. And the truth to the facts, and the facts to the truth. And the truth to the facts, and the facts to the truth. You say, why? That'll worry you out. That'll worry you out. And something's got to give. Amen. You either live in one or the other. One or the other is going to overwhelm you. One or the other is going to dominate you. One or the other is going to be your life, your lifestyle, the way you are, and the way you're going to be. So when you make a decision, I'm through with factual living. Because every time you see the word facts or anything that refers to facts in the Word of God, it's always mentioned in a temporal or subject to change way. You say, what do you mean? Only the truth is eternal. Only the truth will never change. Only the truth is forever settled in heaven. Only the truth will never pass away. But all the facts are temporal and the Bible says they're subject to change. And if you've got facts in your life, that go contrary to what the Word of God says about you, then the only way to change those facts is to move. Everybody say move. Is to move over here and to live and abide in the realm of truth. And that's everything. Your mind, your speech, your actions, your will, your emotion. Everything is dominated by the truth and not dominated by the facts anymore. Because the facts will dominate you. Amen. I mean, you go get a, you go get a doctor's report. And I guarantee you, that doctor's report will ring in your ears. And your mind will consider it. And your physical body will feel the pain thereof. And you'll, you'll, you'll worry about how to pay for it, how to do this. How to do, there'll be all kinds of variables to the facts of what the doctor has said to you. How many of that, that ever happened to you in your life? You know exactly what I'm talking about. And you think, how do I deal with these facts? And they tell you, well, we're going to give you this medication. You have this treatment. And then with the fact of your diagnosis, the facts of how to recover from it get bigger and bigger and bigger. And you're thinking, man, when's this going to stop? When can I come to a place where I can be relieved of all of that and recognize that there's a greater way to live than just living in the facts? I heard somebody say this to me one time. They got real mad at me. I was teaching in a Bible school up on the mainland. I taught there for about five or six years. I taught there for, for 13 years straight. This is after about five or six years were going on. And somebody came to me just all stirred up and said, you just don't live in reality. We all live in reality around here. We have to pay bills. I don't know what they thought I was living. I don't know if they must have thought when I left the Bible school class, I ascended and lived on some cloud somewhere. 
Like I didn't have to pay bills. Like the devil didn't attack my mind. Like I didn't have to fight off depression. Like I didn't have to have to war against the adversary in my mind. I mean, people don't understand. Every one of us have to do this. And every one of us have to make a decision to leave, to depart from the factual realm and get over in here, here into the reality and just get saturated and overwhelmed with the truth of God. Now, when I was in Bible school, uh, Pastor Dodie Osteen came to our school and, and gave the testimony of being healed of cancer. And one of the things that, that, that really impressed on my spirit, something that she said, really impressed, really just, just, made a, just put a tattoo on my spirit. She said this. She said, when Pastor John and I sat in the office and the doctor looked across the desk and said to us, you have metastatic cancer of the liver. You have tumors that we can't even find. We'll give you six months chemotherapy rate. It doesn't even matter if you take that or not. You got six months. You're going to die. You better go home and put your house in order. She said this. She said, the words coming out of his mouth. I could physically feel them hitting me. Physic- Some of you that's had that kind of situation go on know exactly what I'm She said, I could physically feel you're going to die. Metastatic cancer of the liver. She said, we were overwhelmed with what the doctor said. She said, cancer was this huge voice. Cancer, you're going to die. This huge voice was screaming in my mind. She said, we went home, we laid on the floor. She said, my husband reached over and ministered to me, laid hands on me, rebuked it, commanded that thing to live, and we declared we're going to get our miracle in Jesus' name. She said, but I was still overwhelmed. The factual one, I was overwhelmed. She said, way down, over here in this truth realm, way down, way down, way, in the very most deepest part of my spirit, she said these little bitty words, little bitty By his stripes. I mean, just a whisper. Just a whisper. She said, at that point, I knew that to the extent I was overwhelmed by what that doctor said, I had to become overwhelmed by what the word said. So, now I'm paraphrasing and, and using it to illustrate my sermon this morning. I left the realm of the facts and I moved into the truth. You know, you've read her book, all the scriptures, everything that she said, everything that she did. And she said, eventually, we were more overwhelmed by the truth of the Word of God than what the facts were in the diagnosis of the doctor. Now, think, how, how's Pastor Doty now? 81? She's either 81 or 82. This was, this was 35 years ago. Supposed to be dead in six months. 35 years later, she's still pastoring. Blessed of God. Largest church in the country. Anybody, anybody with me? Largest church in the country. Something worked. <laughs> and people say, well, they just did it because God just did that because of who she was. No. See, that's where you miss it. No, they had a choice to make. There was a choice that had to be made. Either we live in the facts of what has been said. Either we live in this and die in this, or we get over here in the truth of who God is, and we just totally saturate, and we grab a hold of God, and we hang on, and we don't give up till we get our miracle. 
the, the, one of the uh, mentors of my life, uh, Effie and Francis Ward. Francis Ward used to say this every week in our prayer meeting. She would say, you only have a relationship with Jesus as you have a relationship with this right here. Here he is right here. You want Jesus? Here he is. She used to stick that book in our faces. Says, you want him? Here he is right here. You want to hang out with him? You want to walk with him? Talk with him? Walk the dusty trails of the places he went and healed? You want Jesus? Here he is. You've got, to, you've got to make a decision. I'm going to be more overwhelmed with what God says. I'm going to live in the truth. I'm going, to, I'm going to live in the reality of the truth. Facts are not going to kill me. They're not going to destroy me. They're not going to steal my finances. They're not going to dictate to me who I am, what I'm going to do, or what I'm going to have. I'm going to live in truth, in the truth of the Word of God. Amen. Now, in your Bibles, are you in John chapter 14? Let's, let's look at this just for a moment. Yes, Lord, I agree. Here's Thomas the doubter. Jesus is speaking about him going away, preparing a place for us. Thomas said unto him, there in verse, there in verse 5, it said unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest. How can we know the way? Everybody say, how can we know? Now notice Jesus, he responded to it and he answered the question. Jesus said unto him, I am the way. Then he, then he added, he amplified, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. Now, now listen, listen to what he didn't say. He didn't say, I'll show you the way. He didn't say, I'll tell you the truth. He didn't say, I'm going to give you life. He didn't say that. He said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. You say, now, come on. That's just a matter of semantics when it comes to words. No, it's not. No, if he said, I've come to show you the way, then he would be what? He would be somebody that we would follow as a guide, as an example. But honey, he's no more a guide and an example than I'm a brain surgeon. What he is, is the great restorer of humanity to God himself. He was our intercessor. He was our go-between. He was God's sacrifice. He was the Lamb of God that took away the sin of the world. He was our substitute. And before you ever follow him, he has to be your substitute. He took your sin so you could be righteous, your sickness so you could be healed, your poverty so that you could be blessed. He didn't say, I'm going to show you the way. He said, I am the way. You get me? You got the way. He didn't say, I show you the truth. I am the truth. He said, and I am the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. You say, now, 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 come on, Pastor. How is that? How is that applicable? We're living over here where the doctors are telling us and our finances are telling us. And our emotions are are communicating to us. How in the world can something some guy did 2,000 years ago have such an impact on my life today in 2014 that I can be delivered from the factual realm of factual living and live in such a way that something from the unseen realm continually blesses me, feeds me, clothes me, brings me finances, Heals my body, gives me joy, gives me peace. How can I do that? You must make a decision that your salvation was not just an experience you had, but it was a door that has led to a brand new lifestyle. That you're going to live by the way, 
by the truth, by the life. Jesus said, I am the way. That's our external walk. He's the only way. How am I going to make it? He's the only way. Pastor, how am I going to make it? The doctors have said, he's the only way. How am I going to make it? Man, they're laying off at the plants. How am I going to make it? He's the only way. How am I going to make it? They're laying off at UTMB. He's the only way. How am I going to make it? Depression runs in my family. He's the only way. How am I going to make it? Addiction runs in my family. He's the only way. How am I going to make it? Divorce runs. How's our marriage going to make it? Divorce runs in our family. He is the only way. That's our external walk. How will I find a mate? He's the way. How will I find my calling and destiny? He's the way. How will my body be healed? He's the way. He's the way. He's the way. He's not there to show you the way. He's there to be the way. The external wall. Then he says, I'm the way. I'm the truth. That's internal. That's internal. See, I know we really can't relate to this now because we've all been, I guess, upgraded. Now we take pictures with our iPads and cell phones. We don't go down and buy camera film. Do they even sell camera film anymore? But you know, back in the day, everybody say back in the day. You know, you had to go get a camera and you had to load it with film. You had to put film in it. Now, your human spirit is like camera film. You think about back in the day, they had to, they had to do what? They had to, how many ever went to like a, 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 what was it? Olin Wilson, Olin, where did, Olin Mills. We're one of the few people that ever got their dog. They took a picture of our dog. Remember that? The lady was quitting. They said, we don't do animals, but I'm quitting, so I'll do your animal. Amen. So we got an Olin Mills portrait of sugar sitting there looking cool. She was our old lab years ago. But if you notice when you walked in there, what were they doing? They had, they had lights. They had these, these weird looking umbrellas. They had all this kind of stuff. And he was going around with this meter, this meter, this light meter, light meter. Because he knew once he got you seated and your family seated, he was going to open that shutter. And we, when he opened that shutter, that light was going to impress itself upon that film. Are you with me? Then he was going to close that shutter and that impression was going to be made. Then he was going to go back to a dark room and he was going to use two things. He was going to use chemical and light to bring out the image so that when he brought you the finished product, there was the exact imprint of that which he took the picture of. I'm going to let your mind work for just a moment. You say, why? Because here it is right here, folks. Here's the light. Here's the life. Here's the truth. Some of you just hadn't opened your shutter yet. You hadn't opened your shutter yet. Because what God wants to do is He wants you to have, what? Glimpses of the truth. Glimpses of Jesus. Glimpses of healing. Glimpses of prosperity. Glimpses of blessing. Till the glimpses of that light impresses itself upon your spirit. And it so impresses itself upon your spirit that all you got to do is hang out by faith and let it develop. Healing develops. Prosperity develops. Joy. Peace. See, we're coming down and we're wanting to get it and just lay hands on me, preacher. Just come on and and maybe everything will be all right. And kind of what people kind of call the gospel casino. Heard a preacher call it that. Maybe, the, maybe, the, oh, maybe today's my Sunday where God will call me out and, and they'll lay hands on me and everything. Listen, if that ever happens to you, show me where that happens. I like to go get that same ministry. But for the rest of it, there's something that has to develop on the inside. The truth of God, when it gets on the inside, it makes an imprint on the spirit. 
And when it makes an imprint on the spirit, then the process of development begins until the portrait is handed to you. And there it is. I'm healed. I'm prosperous. I'm blessed. It's not something I'm trying to get. It's who I am. How many went to high school? A few of you. So they took a picture in your senior year. Whether you went to a school of 60 or 6,000. They remember the class picture. And so one day, you know, probably in June or July or early August. Here came this tube to your house. Remember the tube when it came to your house? And it had on there the photographer's name. And what did you do? You took the tube and you unrolled it. And what did you do? You looked for yourself in the picture. Did you? There's Bob. There's Bill. There's Sue. There's Gwendolyn. Where am I? There I am. And you were surprised when you saw yourself. Even though you were there. Are you with me? Now listen. 2,000 years ago, there was a big class picture taken. And Jesus has rolled it up. And he sent it to you. I said he sent it to you. And it's the picture of God's family. And in that family, you're healed. And in that family, you're blessed. And in that family, you're prosperous. And what you've got to do is you've got to go in and you've got to say, well, there's Pastor Rusty and there's Pastor Leah and there's Brother Roland and there's Brother Ben. But where am I? And when you find yourself in the picture, when you find yourself in the picture, you realize I was there when he rose from the dead. I was there when he hung up on the cross. His cross was my death. His resurrection is my life. His healing is my healing. His blessing is my blessing. I was there. I was there. I was there. I've got the picture of it right here. I am the way. I am the truth. So that's the external, the internal. I am the life. That's the eternal. Now, here's the problem most people have. You've not realized you're in eternity yet. Therefore, you do not enjoy the benefits of eternity. You say, what do you mean? Most people think, when I get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. That's why you're not rejoicing right now. That's why you're not, because you're, you're waiting for a journey to give you reality. Let me say that again. Some of you need to hear what I just said. You're waiting for a journey to give you reality. And oh yeah, you're saved. You believe Jesus Christ. But then instead of living in the reality of eternity here in the realm of truth, you're living in hell. There's hell in your finances, hell in your physical body, hell in your mind, hell in your emotions, hell in your marriage, hell at your job. You're thinking, whoo, one day I'm going to make the journey. (laughs) And you're expecting one day for a journey to get you out what you're, well, it will. I said it will to be absent from the body. But are you going to wait till you die and live in hell in the present? 
While God has made provision for you to live in eternal life now, when you got born again, you entered into eternal life and all the attributes, all of the benefits of eternal life have been made available to you. They're not sick in heaven. They're not poor in heaven. They're not depressed in heaven. Now, one thing they don't have, one thing they do have, excuse me, one thing they don't have that we do have is opposition. That's the factual realm. They don't have the factual realm. There are no facts in heaven. There's only truth in heaven. But we've got to deal with the factual realm. And we've got to move out of that family, out of that realm, out of the human family, into God's family and start living life like the eternal beings that we are. If you went to your block where you live, your apartment complex, wherever you live, and you say, man, you know, I really, I'm just tired of my family, tired of my wife, my kids, my dog. I just had it. <laughs> so, you know, I've been watching this family over here three doors down. They got a better dog, prettier wife, better looking kids, nicer car. I think I'll go over there and... Be a part of that thing. So you go in there. You just walk through the door. You don't even knock. Go sit down on the couch. Cut on the TV. Start watching TV. Get up. Go to the refrigerator. Make you a sandwich. Pour you a big old glass of iced tea. Grab a bag of chips. Go sit back down. Wouldn't be too long. Somebody in that family say, hey. What are you doing here? You look up and say, well, you know, I, I, really, I was tired of my family. I, 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 my, my wife, she's not as pretty as your wife. My, my kids are not as nice as your kids. My dog is not as obedient as your dog. You even got a better car, nicer house. So I was just tired of my family. So I thought I'd come hang out with your family. Now that family, depending on how their mercy or grace ran, would go about making you feel uncomfortable in one way or another, in order to get you out. Because you don't belong there. So they would try light pressure. You know, why don't you leave? Go. Get out of here. You're crazy. You've lost your mind. They would do all kinds of things to try to get you out of there. And if that didn't work, they'd call somebody that could. Amen. Now, what you've got to realize is by faith and by the truth of who God is and Jesus Christ. He has moved you out of the human family. And moved you into his family. An eternal family of God. But a lot of you, what you've done is you've gone back. And you said, well, you know, over there, you know, you got to tithe and offer and go to church and be good. Can't smoke no dope. Can't drink no whiskey. You know, can't look at no bad magazines, watch no dirty movies. Can't do none of that. But so what I thought I'd do is I'd just hold out for the journey from these guys but while I'm on the earth I'm going to live over here in the factual realm in this family you're not welcome nor do you fit I said you're not welcome nor do you fit that's why life gets so miserable For but if you'll make a decision I'm eternal I'm in God's family God has delivered me out of the human family He has given me Jesus, who is my way, my truth, and my life. John 17, I was going to turn over there in just a minute. The Bible says, Jesus said, sanctify them by thy truth. Thy word is thy truth. When you live in truth, you live in the word. And the word is powerful enough to dominate any fact, no matter what the fact may be. The truth will dominate it. But you've got to live in it. You've got to move into it. Now, real quick, my time is up. Man, where did my time go? Did we start late? Go to John 8. 
John chapter 8. It says in verse 30, As he spake these words, many believed on him. Then Jesus said to the Jews which believed on him. Everybody say believed on him. He said, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. You shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Now see, we we read that. Yeah, the truth will make you free. Yeah, the truth will make you free. But now there's this little problem of the word no. Amen. So your life must be a quest to know. I believe you're here this morning because you want to know. How many want to know? So that's why I came. I like the praise and worship. I, I like the children's church. Teen ministry's cool. Uh, you know, thank God for internet. Thank God for. But really, the reason I'm here, Pastor Rusty, is because I want to know. I came to know. Because if I can know the truth, then the truth that I know will give me freedom. The problem we've done is we've adopted we've adopted a survival mentality. And we've tried to adopt the supernatural to survival mentality. Uh, Let me help you with that. That that may not make sense, so so I'll do it again. We've adopted a survival mentality. You say, what is it? If I I can just survive the situation, if if I can just pay that light bill, pay that mortgage, if my body would just respond, if I could just, you know, survive this, And so we come to Island Church and we hear the word and we hear about miracles and we hear about signs and wonders and we hear about gifts of the Spirit and we think, that's what I want. If I could get that, if I could get that and get this need met and survive this circumstance or situation, I'd be okay. And so we try to take the truth of the Word of God and the supernatural and the ability of God and say, that's what I need. If I can get a hold of this, I will survive. And God says, that's not what it's not even what it's designed for. It's like if you were to, you know, bake a beautiful cake and somebody said, let's cut the cake. Okay, let's cut the cake. So you go out in your garage and you get your chainsaw and you come in and he said, well, we ought to cut the cake. He said, cut the cake. Pastor said, go cut the cake. And you and, and cakes all over the floor, all over the ceiling. Well, my next response to you would be. That's not what the chainsaw was designed for. We have a knife over in the drawer that would have cut the cake a, much, a whole lot better. And so what we do is we want to we take this what? This, this power. This power that is so powerful. I'll never forget. Uh, I, told this, uh, I gave this, uh, told this story in the morning service that, that, that when I was in Bible school, about three or four months after, it was actually in the fall of, of 1985, I was up at Lakewood. I was uh, carrying around one of the, somebody who was going to speak there on a Wednesday night, Brother Ward Chandler. Ward Chandler worked for the Houston Chronicle. He was a Baptist deacon, got cancer. And when he got cancer, he heard the story of a, of a crazy Baptist preacher that got the Holy Ghost named John Osteen. So he went and found Brother Osteen, got healed of cancer. Well, he was speaking at Lakewood that night. He also did a lot of editing for their books, Brother Hagen's books. And so we're sitting there, and I, now I'm, a, I'm, one of, I'm one of Brother Osteen's Bible school graduates. So he's, he's saying things, he's speaking things into my life. And one of the things he said was this. He said, now you've got to understand, Rusty. He said, God hadn't called you to be a guardian of doctrine. He said, that's what most preachers are. They guard the doctrine of their denomination." He said, in so doing, they stand in front of people who are hurting, who are sick, and who are fearful, and they do them no good whatsoever. 
He said, every time you get in front of people, you got to understand and remember, there are hurting people. There are fearful people. There are people that are afraid. There are people that are sick. There are people that are oppressed. And God has sent you as their answer. I mean, I'm like going like this, you know. And he said, you've been in my Bible school nine months. And I've put the word in you and put the word in you. And, put, and he said, you've got so much power in you that if you could ever release it, it would spin the world in the opposite direction and the sun would come up in the west. I still got it written in my Thompson Chain Reference Bible that I had in Bible school. I mean, it blew my mind. I was like, oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my Lord. This is, this, is, this is not just about getting somebody's bills paid. This is not just about getting, you know, uh, uh, some, some uh, uh, response from the doctor says, well, you're doing a little better. Or this, or that. this is about all the power of God that God released through raising Jesus from the dead. And the information, just the information of that carries enough power to cure any disease, to, to cause any financial situation to turn around, to heal any marriage, to break any addiction, to do what man cannot do. If you continue in my what? In my word. Who is the word? The word is Jesus. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. Every time you get into that word, you're hanging out with Jesus. You're hanging out with the water walker. You're hanging out with the one that healed and raised the dead and did all the miraculous things. He's still alive. His power is still active. And when you make a decision, now wait a minute, I may be having a problem. But there's a whole lot more to this than I'm perceiving. Because it's not just about me getting my light bill paid. It's about me living in the truth of the Word of God where the light bill never matters anymore because I know I've got a full provision in God. It's not just about my body being healed from some cancer or sickness or disease. It's about me being totally whole in my body so that I can go out and lay hands on others and get them whole and healed. Come on, church. It's more about me doing what? Me being not a representative of the truth. See, that's what we We represent the truth. No, 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 no. God wants you to be the living truth. Just as Jesus was the living truth in the earth, He has called you to be in Christ. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's what? He's a new creature. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. I like one, one translation of over in Ephesians, excuse me, over in Philippians, where it says, uh, I was crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. One translation says this. It says, it's just Jesus barring my body so that I can be Jesus on the earth. People say, now come on, pastor, that, that, you're, you're stretching a little far. That's exactly what God, listen, when you got born again, Satan saw another Jesus. When you got born again, Satan saw another, and another one, and another one, and another. So he takes all his time, all his effort trying to convince you that's not true. That's not true. That's why you have that pain. That's not true. That's why you got that financial problem. That's not true. That's not true. That's not true. That's not true. That's why you're going through. You need to say, devil, shut up. I don't live in your neighborhood. I don't live in the facts. I live in the truth of God. Jesus, He's my way. He's my truth. He's my life. I continue in His Word. I'm His disciples indeed. I will know. I will experience the truth. And the truth will set me free. Now let me me read this. I wrote this down last night when I was studying. I had to write it sideways because I got too much in my Bible. So let me get over here on the side. God, through His Word, through Jesus, works on our character so that He can expand our vision. 
Your vision must be stretched. So what do you mean my vision? Your vision for life must be stretched. If what you have obtained in life, you could have obtained without God, what you have obtained is not it. Let me say that again. If what you have obtained in life, you, have, you could have gotten without God, then what you have obtained is not it. Yesterday, Lee and I were working around the backyard and watering plants and hanging out. And, and I got to thinking. I just got to thinking. I just got to thinking. I looked at our home. We live in a nice home. A very nice home. I thought, man, because everything we have, everything Lee and I have, we've got it all by believing God, by faith, by living in this realm right here, by living in truth. The church, I got to thinking about the house, the home, the cars we drive, the stuff, just the material thing. And I began to get overwhelmed. I just began to get, you know, we, we were swimming in our pool and playing with our dogs. and say, you got a pool? I got a pool. Hope that doesn't offend you. <laughs> Believe in God for a bigger one. Amen. One big enough for you to come swim in. This one just big enough for me. And so then I begin to think about ministry, about all the nations I've went to and all the people that I've stood in front of, all the people and the blessings. And the Lord spoke to me and he said, you say, you think this is something? And I said, I knew when God talks to me, I'm, I wait for him to finish. I don't interrupt him. He says, you hadn't seen nothing yet. Just keep living in the truth. Just keep living in the truth. That truth of God. Now let me close with this. Man, I've gone seven minutes over. Is this all right? Can I close with this? This will help you. When you think of truth, what is truth? Truth is a proclamation and a demonstration that come into agreement. If, if I've used this illustration many times because we can relate to it. If I were to tell uh, Jeff Pucciarello, if I were to tell him, Jeff, I'm going to give you $1,000. And so out in the foyer as he's leaving, I lean over, Jeff, I'm going to give you $1,000. Well, the first time I say that to him, he would probably be expectant. He would probably wondering, wonder, oh, he's going to give me a check, he's going to give me cash. He'd probably wonder when, it's going to be tonight, after service. Maybe he'll call me tomorrow, maybe we'll go to lunch, maybe, I don't know. Man, $1,000, man, thank God. Thank God for $1,000, wow. And so I continue over a period of two years. To continually tell him, I ain't forgot. I'm going to give you $1,000. I hadn't forgot. I'm going to give you $1,000. I hadn't forgot. I'm going to give you $1,000. What would happen is that two-year period would erode something. You say, what would it erode? It would erode a reality in our relationship. Our relationship, instead of coming together closer, would begin to come apart. You say, what do you mean? As the days and the weeks and the years and the months continue to go by, and I continue to say, I'm going to give you $1,000, and do not give him the $1,000, then eventually we will part, and there will be no relationship between us. Are you with me? Truth is what? Saying it and then giving him the money. What does that do? That solidifies the relationship. He's a man of his word. Now the Bible says that God is a God of his word. That he cannot lie. 
that Jesus does not tell the truth. He is the truth of God. What does God show us through Jesus? God shows us the proclamation of God and the demonstration of God coming into agreement. The leper came to Jesus in Matthew 8. I know you can heal me if you will. I will be thou clean. Are you with me? For how many years? 2,800 years or more. From Abraham till the resurrection. God promised. God promised. God promised. Time worked on. Tried to erode the promise. Till one day in the belly of a little virgin girl. The promise came to life. Are you with me? So what keeps us in relationship with God? In between the time the proclamation is made and the demonstration takes place. What keeps us is the continual submission to and submersion in the truth. But it's been three weeks and the pain's still there. By his stripes I'm healed. Sometimes you just got to get, get mad at the devil, your own flesh and everything else. But it's been two years and you hadn't prospered yet. But my God said, he'll supply all of my need according to his riches in Christ. Abraham, it was 25 years till the angel came and said this time next year. You see what I'm saying? With humanity, there's nothing that can buffer it. There's nothing that can get you through the times in which the proclamation, that the demonstration catches up with the proclamation. But in God... In Christ, there is something. That is the Word of God. That He is a God that cannot lie. It is not in Him to lie. He has no capacity to lie. And when He speaks, He does not tell the truth. He is the truth. You just have to weather the times in between the Word is proclaimed and demonstrated in your life. And if you live in that factual realm, you will never weather it. You've got to move into the realm of the truth. Say, Jesus is my truth. He is my way. He is my life. I'll live by the word of God. I am an eternal being. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I am a new creature in Christ. And as you live, I guarantee you, you will accelerate the demonstration till it comes into agreement with the proclamation and the truth will be established in your life. Has anybody received that this morning? Lift up your hands. Thank you for joining us. We trust you enjoyed the message today. For services and special events, visit our webpage at www.islandchurchgalveston.com You can contact us by phone at 409-770-9113 We are located at 2411 69th Street, Galveston, Texas. And remember to keep looking unto Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of our faith.